Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. So good. Well, as I said already, we had a great weekend last weekend and I really did just want to pass on to you some of the feedback from Matthew and Catherine that were here. You know, they travel all across Australia and um, they were just really impressed with you guys, encouraged by you guys and your heart for God. And um, particularly, um, Matthew said to me that what really stood out to him was the hunger of everyone that was here and how he really felt that it was a church where people weren't just pew warmers, but they were here because they wanted to be here and they genuinely had hearts for God. So I wanted to pass that on to you because that's, that's about you. It's about you and, and your faith in God and how that's evident to people that go to a lot of churches and they don't necessarily always get um, a warm response that they receive from you. So well done. That's our culture to love and serve and to be a welcoming church. So let me just say... Many pages were harmed in the making of this message that I'm about to preach to you. I've got to tell you, lots of notes were made, lots of pieces of paper were screwed up and put in the bin. So I'm just going to preface my preaching with that. But I'm fired up and today I'm preaching to myself and you guys get to come along for the ride. So thank you for allowing me to preach to myself today. The title of today's message is, What Are You Thinking? What are you thinking? Fighting off discouragement and despair. Now, I preached a message I feel similar to this last year, but I really feel like this is part two, and I'm just drilling down a little bit deeper on this, on this topic. Our minds have immense power, and whatever thoughts we think, our bodies make real. But here's the thing. If it's our mind's job to make our thoughts a reality, then it's our job to think better thoughts. Every day our minds are flooded with a constant stream of thoughts, ranging from the mundane daily tasks that we have to do to deeper contemplations about life and the world around us. According to research, the average person has approximately 60,000 thoughts per day. But what is truly concerning is that 75% of those thoughts are negative and 95% are repetitive. Many of our negative thoughts are driven, this is a bit of science for you, I'm into a bit of science, are driven by the fight or flight part of our brain, the amygdala. Stress, anger, anxiety come from that part of our brain. Your brain, also known as the three pound universe, creates thoughts, drives emotions and stores memories. Now, here we go. Here we go, guys. Men's brains are generally 10% larger than women's. But before you get too excited, size doesn't matter. It doesn't necessarily mean they use more of those larger brains. <laughs> Women have more grey matter and a larger hippocampus, which is involved in emotional processing and memory, girls, come on, than men. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not. 
Funny little meme I did see during the week, and I'm not having a go at the guys, but it's going to sound like it. Have you ever wondered that some of these words start with men? Men, oh pause. <laughs> Mental illness, no, I better stop, I better stop. We love you guys, truly we love you. I'm only kidding. But just because you think something, it doesn't mean it's true or accurate. Some thoughts are random, habitual, crazy thoughts coming from that overworked nervous system and they're stirred up and they stir up our emotions and they ought not to be given power and authority in our lives. I tell my Albury High girls that all the time. I don't know if you know this, but um, most of you know that I work in a few of the gyms and I teach Pilates and things like that, work at the salon, number of things. But on a Wednesday, I have an Albury High School sports group at Move Studios. And um, it's quite funny, actually, because the teacher, the teacher asked me, you know, can you take them, at the end of your class, can you take them through some meditation? And I'm like, how will I answer this? I go, yeah, yeah, I can do that. So don't, before you judge me, uh, I think I can do that. I, um, I can prophesy over them, I'm thinking. I'll get them all to lie down on the floor, which I do, and we do our class, and then I get them to lie down. They love it. I turn the lights off. We're in the dark. And I speak to them truth over their life. And I tell them, challenge your thoughts, girls. Don't just accept them. Whatever comes into your mind, don't just receive it into your spirit. And we have a great time. They love it. They love me. Take your opportunity where you can. The Bible even says that, doesn't it? Be cunning as serpents and gentle as doves. I think, oh, I can take meditation. I don't know what they think I'm doing in there with the girls, but it doesn't matter. The girls love it. But, you know, even though I just read to you all those statistics on your thoughts and brain functions, make no mistake, church, there is a spiritual assault on the earth like has never been before. And especially marked are the believers of Jesus Christ. And it's a mental attack that comes through the door of our minds, through our thoughts, and it starts in our minds and it moves to our emotions depression, identity crisis, gender confusion, suicide, anxiety, fear, distorted values, unbelief in the truth is off the charts in our world. And I'm fired up today to preach to you a message to encourage you, to exhort you, to remind God's people that ships don't sink because of the water that's around them, but because of the water that gets inside. And God wants you to remember that you are in a fight and it's a spiritual one and you are not going crazy, and you, but you have an enemy, but God has already overcome him and you are not what your thoughts tell you. You are not who they tell you you are. You have the mind of Christ, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.16. I say this often to myself in the mirror in the morning when I'm putting my makeup on. I have the mind of Christ. I think new thoughts. I say that to myself every day in faith, believing that somehow as I confess that, it's going to become a part of who I am in Christ. Your heavenly Father wants you to have peace, peace in your mind, peace in your soul. And the enemy, the thief, it says in John 10.10, comes to steal your peace, kill your joy and destroy your future. The helmet of salvation, is that what it is? The helmet covers our head, our mind. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. The shield of faith to shield the fiery darts. 
I love this. The feet of peace. Good and the good news of the gospel. Who knew you've got a new Fitbit goal? 10,000 steps of peace every day. Wherever you go, you're just walking the peace over here. You're walking the peace over there. 10,000 steps of peace, God says for you to have every day, wherever you go. You're putting peace everywhere like no one's business, wherever you go. We are not fighting. I love this. Now, this isn't my own. I must give credit where it's due. I'm, I'm not good enough to think this. It's a quote from Bill Johnson from Bethel Church. We are not fighting for victory, but from victory towards the broken conditions of life. And that is the responsibility of every believer. I'm going to say that again. We are not fighting for victory because God's already won the victory, but from victory towards the broken conditions of life. So we have reason to celebrate ahead of time because the battle has already been won. We are just learning how to apply and appropriate it in our lives. What does the Bible say? From victory to victory, from strength to strength, from faith to greater faith. That is our path, the path of the believer. We break the cycle and the power of what's controlling and bothering us by actually doing the opposite, by doing what you are supposed to do. When you least feel like saying the right thing, doing the right thing, acting the right way, when you least, I know when I least feel like praying, when I least feel like going to life group, when I least feel like worshipping, that's actually when I really need to press through and do it the most. There's a reason why I don't feel like I want to. It's called opposition, it's called the flesh, it's called the fact that we're in a fight. The least time you feel like doing something, church, you need to do it then. That's what breaks its power. If you give in every time the enemy has a go, you never overcome. It's a fact in whatever area that is for you. And I'm not dismissing um, self-care, but there's a lot of self-care gurus out there. And look, hey, you want to give me a massage voucher for Christmas? I'll take it. I like massages. I'm not dissing it. But let me tell you what true self-care ought to be. It's this, tending daily to the garden of our mind and the garden of our heart within. That is true self-care. Oh yeah, there's a scripture that tells us that in Proverbs 4.23. Guard and watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. Paraphrased, be careful what you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Remember, your thoughts become your beliefs and your attitudes, and they can become also your hurts and your bad habits if you nurture them. I love this anachronym. Oh, I said it right. For the word lie. Lie. L-I-E. Limiting ideas entertained. What are you thinking? What are you thinking when you come to church? Are you resentful or negative about serving? Are you thinking you're doing God a favour by showing up? Or are you thinking this is the best place I can possibly position myself in my whole week? I know by faith that as I go, just being immersed in the worship, hearing the word preached, it's going to do me good, body, mind, soul and spirit. Have you prayed this week specifically for one of your brothers and sisters here? by name. Can I encourage you, 
this is a great thing to do. Do you remember, Deb, years ago we did that in our women's group for the whole year. We took a name out of a hat and we prayed for that person for the whole year and then at Christmas dinner we revealed, it was me, I was praying for you. It was so good when we did that. Can I encourage you to choose one person by name from your brothers and sisters and pray for that person throughout that whole week. I guarantee you will feel so much love towards that person. You'll feel so connected to them, to God and to the church. You'll feel a part of it. What are you thinking about your workplace? If you are struggling, go back and remember how desperately you were praying for employment and how excited you were when you got the call that you got the job. Go back and remember if you are struggling in your marriage with your partner, with your children, go back and remember your first love for them. Go back and remember that baby that maybe is now a teenager and giving you trouble. Remember how you longed for them as a baby and you longed to have them in your life. You know, there's a Bible, a, a Bible story that tells us there was 10 lepers that were healed by Jesus in Luke 17, 11 to 19, but only one of them came back to say thank you. Think about that for a moment in relationship to your life. How often we earnestly pray and ask for things from God and we receive the blessing and the provision with joy and gladness and then we take off in our life and we forget. We forget how grateful and excited we were at the start and we begin to see the negatives and the challenges and the, oh, hang on a minute, that boss isn't so great after all. The shine starts to wear off. Can I encourage you? We are called to overcome evil with good, darkness with light, negative with renewed thoughts, anchored in God's word. Do not magnify or contribute to the chaos. Do not magnify the tuner. Don't dial it in, in your life. How do we unwittingly contribute to the chaos? It's through what we say. Oh my gosh, church, if there's ever a time to be so alert of what's coming out of your mouth, it's in those times. The Bible tells us life and death, blessing and cursing. Um, the words you say, they're in the power of the tongue. Whatever you bind on earth is what? Bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. There's power. God gave us that same creative power that he had when he spoke the word into being. Sometimes at work with clients, I hear clients say things and I think, ah, don't say that. They're speaking it over themselves. Oh, you know, I'm always sick. Or recently someone was going on and on about the bushfires. Oh, it's going to be a bad year for the bushfires. It's going to be shocking, you know, and I'm like, don't speak that over, over Aubrey. Don't like, I said, well, I'm, I actually said, well, I'm praying and I'm asking God that it won't be what they're predicting. I thought, I'm not going to allow that to just be put out there and not refute it. I thought, uh-oh, there's a bit of my mother coming out in me there. <laughs> she used to do that a lot. And I used to think, oh, how embarrassing. But now I'm doing it. So there you go. But what can happen with, with trauma and events that happen to us is this. Getting back to our thoughts. The same water that hardens the egg and makes it a boiled egg can also soften the potato. Now, in other words... It's not only what happens to us alone, but it's the meaning we attach to the event, the thinking, either negative or positive, about the, the thing that happens to us. We can continue to entertain that thought, those thoughts around the situation or the experience that then build a home in our psyche. They build a home there. 
It's an inbuilt safety mechanism in the way our brains actually are wired to work. They're trying to protect us from future harm. But listen, our strength in spiritual warfare is no greater than our ability to control our thoughts. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, Taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, we are to demolish, strong words, demolish arguments and everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. That is a strong passage. They are strong words. This isn't a gentle suggestion. It's not a friendly suggestion. It's telling us we've got to take hold of these rogue thoughts, these rogue ways of thinking that need to become and make them prisoners of war. They've got to become captive. We're taking them as prisoners of war. What this means war. What do we do with prisoners of war? We make them serve us. We don't serve them. We make those thoughts serve us. We don't serve them. We take authority over them in Jesus' name. We refute them with the Word of God. Question, are you assisting or resisting your enemy? Is he a prisoner of war or are you serving him? Are you serving those thoughts? Don't give him an easy win. I know I've been an easy win many times. This is not a condemnation. I am not pointing the finger. I told you already I'm preaching to myself. I'm preaching to myself. And somehow by faith, God, I believe that even as I preach it, that I'm going to become stronger myself in this area of my life. As followers of Christ, we must take seriously this charge. We have a higher authority and power to submit to. We need to be awake and alert. You, church, are to take authority. No one else can take it for you. You, It's got to be you that takes the authority because it's personal to you. It's time to pray, to prophesy over yourself, to say enough is enough to that torment, that tormenting thought, whatever it is for you. Remember this, we show compassion to people. Yes, we do. We are called to do that. However, we never show compassion to the devil. We never show compassion to demons. We never show compassion to the powers of darkness that are coming against us or that control other people that come against us. Remember that scripture, we demolish. We take captive prisoners of war. The Bible does tell us to pray for our enemies. Why? Because he has given us the power through prayer to turn adversity in our lives into prayers of blessing, into prayers of deliverance whenever we pray in Jesus' name. You see, prayer isn't simply ticking off a list of, oh, better pray for this, better pray for that. Oh, yeah, better pray for that. I suppose I better pray. No, prayer is the engagement between us, humanity, and heaven, the spiritual realm, to make a difference to create change. God gives us that power through prayer. It's good for us to remember that God can use any challenge we face for our growth. It's a bit like God putting some spiritual compost on the soil of our lives. A little bit of God compost. Compost is made up of the scraps of food no longer useful in their current state. 
However, when put together in a compost bin, they become the fertiliser that brings rich nourishment to the soil. Think about that for a moment. It's a bit smelly. Life's a bit smelly sometimes. But what is it that you feel is your current stinky scraps? Can you allow God to show you a reframe? To see it, whatever it is, as bringing rich nourishment to the soil of your life? Perhaps an attitude adjustment? Perhaps more grace and compassion? Perhaps more discipline is required in whatever area we're talking about for you. Here's a thought. Ask yourself, am I someone else's compost? Uh Uh-oh, do I want to be? Is that a good or a bad thing? I was laughing. I was thinking, you can tell your husband, girls, hey, buddy, you may not like me right now, but I'm I'm bringing compost to your life. (laughs) I'm helping you grow. No, we are to seek to live a life where we are worth knowing rather than being well-known or famous, meaning your life adds value and encouragement to others. So don't do that, girls. Our fight, it says in Ephesians 6.12, is not against flesh and blood. It's spiritual. And when we worship, that's spiritual. The enemy cannot inhabit your praise or your worship. Only the Spirit of God can. The presence and the Spirit of God is literally invited into your life. Do you realise that? It's literally an open door to come into your life situation through worship and praise. Isn't that exciting? Because it says in Psalm 22.3, He inhabits the praises of His people. He inhabits it. He literally, it's an open door. Remember when David played the harp for soil when he was suffering mentally in the Bible? Did you know, I just found this out this week, it was so fascinating, that it's been proven that the frequency of the harp has been shown to be a healing frequency. When played during surgery, and they've tested this, they had an actual, not a recording, an actual person on a harp in the room Um, playing at the heart when someone was having surgery and the patient recovered faster. How amazing. Worship is a weapon. Why else would God instruct Joshua and David to send out the worship team ahead when they were going to battle? Oh my gosh, I have an issue with this. (laughs) Like the poor worship team, no instruments. They're going out into battle with, with, sorry, no weapons, only instruments. They're going out first. I think I'd be saying... Um, how about we change the order? You guys go fight because I'm on the worship team. We'll worship from back here. We'll cheer you on from back here. But no, they send the worship team out first. You see, God's ways are not our ways. In fact, they are the reverse. And he's showing us his pattern here, how to wage warfare spiritually. First, we pray. First, we worship. David learned that God establishes his throne on the praises of his people. Listen, back to the voices. These are the voices we all live with. This is the end. You're not going to make it. You're not smart enough to do that. You should have started earlier. It's too late for you. These are the voices that stop you from enjoying your life. These are the voices that want you to stay in anxiety and unbelief. 
The enemy always has some sort of event or memory or trigger he uses to terrify you. Even in the middle of the good times, you can all of a sudden think, what if? So you can't relax. But allow me to remind you, you are what you eat in the natural and you are what you eat with the voices in your head. The voices are the food that you either feed your fear or your faith. If you change your diet, you change your outcome. But you have to stop talking to yourself the way you do. What is your internal dialogue? The enemy doesn't need a lot of help sometimes. We're pretty good at our own internal dialogue. Let's look at this story. I've been busting to get to this story. I'm telling you now. Where's my Bible? Ah, Mark 5. We haven't got it on the screen. I love it, particularly from the Living Translation because of the wording. We're going to read about the woman that pressed through the crowd. Let's have a look. It says, in the crowd was a woman who had been sick for 12 years with a hemorrhage. She had suffered much from many doctors through the years and had become poor from paying for them and was no better. But in fact, she was getting worse. And she had heard all about the wonderful miracles Jesus did. And that is why she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his clothes. For she thought to herself... Key words, if I can just touch his clothing, I will be healed. And sure enough, as soon as she had touched him, the bleeding stopped and she knew she was well. And Jesus realised at once that healing had gone out for him. And he turned around and he said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples said, all this crowd pressing around you and you asked who touched me? But he kept looking around him, this was Jesus, to see who had done it. And then he saw the woman, frightened, trembling, realising what had happened to her. And she came and fell at his feet and told him what she had done. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace, be healed of your disease. What a powerful story. Now, I've read that story so many times. But what struck me were the words she thought to herself. This woman with the issue of of blood said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I know I will be made whole. She didn't even quote one scripture. It was her own internal dialogue that drove her to press through, to go where she knew Jesus was. And no one or nothing was going to stand between her and her miracle. She didn't even ask Jesus to pray for her. She didn't even ask for prayer. Are you understanding what is being said in this text? This is amazing. She crept up on him and she took her miracle, all because of what she thought to herself, what she said to herself. I see it as an act of worship because she magnified what Jesus could do so much. She didn't need prayer. She reached out and she took it by faith. You see, those voices that say what you can't do, what you can't have, what's not going to work for you, is how the enemy stops the blessing and breakthrough of God in your life. We unplug our wells with God's Word, with prayer and worship. It's in His presence. It's that internal voice. I love this thought. A thermostat is set to a certain temperature. It's stable. It doesn't change. 
I remember when I used to go to mum's house when she was living in Thaguna and she'd say, I don't know what's wrong with the heater, it keeps going off. I said, there's nothing wrong with the heater, mum. You've got it set to 35. It's boiling in here. And when the room's 35, it's going to turn off. If a door opens, the thermostat adjusts the room back to the temperature. The thermostat of our thinking is set by the Word of God and the likeness of Jesus. I love that example of the thermostat. Rick Warren states in his message, Learning to be Free from Self-Destruction, we need to understand the thoughts from God are pure. They are of peace, of liberation, of elevation. According to Romans 8.8, it says, For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the flesh. And those who, according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Your thoughts are like a sparring partner training you to fight God's way with his word. When Jesus was in the wilderness and Satan was throwing the word at him, what did Jesus do? He spoke the word back at at the devil. And we must do likewise. Speak to yourself, speak over yourself. I am blessed, I'm forgiven. I can do all things through Christ. I'm blessed in my body, I'm blessed in my mind. These aren't just mantras. These aren't just cute sayings that we throw out there and somehow mystically maybe they'll happen. No, there's power in the Word of God and there's power in you prophetically praying, standing and declaring who God is and who you are because of his power in your life. Maybe the identity of that you have of who you are in Christ and whose you are needs an upgrade. Maybe you've got the old 2.0 version or whatever it is, the old version, and you need an upgrade. We declare God's truth until it becomes a part of who we are, like a part of our cells of our body. It becomes a part of our DNA, and it's beautiful. You're not a hypocrite. You're human. There's a difference. Just keep coming back to Jesus. That's all we're required to do. The great news is conviction isn't condemnation. The conviction of God through his Holy Spirit is simply calling us to come up higher, to level up, to be aware, to be alert, to be the head and not the tail. So all we need to do is repent if we need to, if we're we're convicted, come back to God. Our faith isn't in how perfect we are. It's in how perfect he is. It's in his forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ. You know, you made a great decision to be here today or if you're watching online, great decision, good job. It's a good thing. But an even greater decision that you can make today is if you don't know Jesus, to make him your Lord and Saviour and to follow him with your heart, to receive Jesus into your heart by faith and acknowledge him as Saviour and Lord. You know, anyone can choose to believe that he doesn't exist or that he's not coming back. But that doesn't mean that he's not. It takes faith and an acknowledgement of knowing we are sinners and needing a saviour. So why don't you stand, church? I appreciate your patience. I know I've braved on and spoken really fast. But I believe it was a message for us today. And I want to encourage you with that. But I want us to pray. I want us to pray this prayer. I know most of us here probably know Jesus. But maybe there's someone watching online. Even if it's only one person, we're going to pray the prayer for them today. So if you join with me, and if you're watching today or if you're here in this building and you don't know Jesus, don't let any wrong thinking now get in the way between you 
and God. Be like that woman that pressed through. Let nothing stop you from receiving Jesus today. Your loving Heavenly Father, I know that He's calling you. I know that He is and that He's drawing you. So let's pray. Let's pray together. I'm just going to pray and you agree with me. Lord, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you that you are speaking to us all, Lord, about our thoughts, about our enemy, Lord. And I thank you that you're encouraging us today, that you are with us, Lord, and that we're in a fight, but you've won it, Lord. And we're not fighting for victory. We're fighting from a place of victory. And we're learning how to step it out in faith. But right now, Lord, I pray for all that don't know you. And if that's you right now, you can just repeat this prayer after me. Put your hand on your heart, one hand on your heart, and one hand up to heaven. And pray this prayer, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge you as my Lord and Saviour. And I ask you to come into my heart. I receive you as my Saviour. And I acknowledge that you died on the cross and that you rose again for my sin. So forgive me now of all of my sin. I know I need you. I know I need a Saviour. And I thank you that you are my Saviour. Help me to live for you in Jesus' name. Reveal yourself to me, Lord, from this moment on, every day of my life. May I know you more in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. So good to see you all here today. Make sure you stay for fellowship. Have a coffee. Let's encourage each other in the faith. Have a blessed week. Love you heaps. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.